What's the story, our lad? What's the story, our? What's the story, our lad? What's the story, our? Our! All right, our lad. Brand our lad. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to What's the Story Hour. Forgot the camera was on again. Yeah. And we're coming to you live from the session room in the Lala Cafe tonight. And it's quite snazzy looking. Quite snazzy. Quite snazzy quite looking. Snazzy. There's gold furniture and all in here now. Well, how are you, Raymo? I think that chest of drawers is made of marble, Frag. Jeez, I think it is, Raymond, yes. Yeah, he's there. Oh. <laughs> no, not a bother, Very Keith. snazzy. Not a bother, Keith. Not a bother. Self, keeping all right. I haven't been great around there. Just I've got this poxy cough the last three weeks and it's driving me insane. Taking antibiotics and taking yeah. cough medicine, the whole whack book. You want to see me going up the hill? It's the old age. Yeah, I swear to God, I was going up the hill the other day. I was like Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on, mate. Has, tell me, has there been anybody bold in the break? Yeah, yeah we, we've two. It's better than none, I suppose. It's, it's better than none, but um, and then it's, it's still all fairly quiet now around the break. I'll start you off now. You sure you're looking in the right section now? Right? Oh, I'm looking in the right section, Frank. Jeez. You know what I mean? Ask the 20 McCormick. There's no one better to Google than me. Or maybe him. Hashtag expert. There's so much uh, stuff he puts up on the WhatsApp. <laughs> well, I'll start you off with a man by the name of Adelani, 50 years old, Braemar Pastures. Right? Oh, very nice. Um, so basically he was charged with uh, driving under the influence. As you do. As you do. Um, so basically he was trying to park the car, drop the street at about 10 o'clock at night. Um, stalled a number of times, narrowly avoided a collision with several other cars. Um, so guards obviously said, here, what's the crack there, pal? Like, you know? um, so he got very abusive because he was pissed. Um, As you do. Deeply apologetic. As solicitor said, um, obviously, he wrote a little letter to the guards to apologise for his behaviour. Now, he's already had six previous convictions, a couple for drunk driving before this. So the solicitor acknowledged that his record was abysmal. <laughs> poor words, poor words. But um, for whatever reason, right, now there was a bit of a sob story told, odd wife isn't very well and he's the carer and blah, blah, blah. Um, but for whatever reason, this is again said, his sixth conviction. Oh, he only got two hundred and forty hours community service. Kept his driver's license. Something fishy there. So you must have something on somebody, Arlette. Something fishy there, now. Something fishy there. Um, the only other one in in Balbriggan this week. I, said, I didn't even bother with the outside. Right. The outside Balbriggan this week, because to be honest with his lads, there was fuck all happening in Fingal as well. Don't be on a quite, holiday or something week, or probation. Or... Um, but I'll move you to Muzamel. Muzamel. Muzi. Muzi. Muzamel. 35 Hampton Gardens. This is another, I still don't know where Hampton Gardens is. It's up beside Malara. Across from St. George's School. Across from St. George's School? Yeah, right across from St. George's School. I don't even know where St. George's School is. Oh, no. The... Yeah, the, the, yeah. the the Big one ball. on the corner. Yes, that's yes, the one, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Anyway, Hampton Gardens, yeah. So, um, this one hasn't, this one's been pushed back now to October the 6th. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to gonna go out on a limb here, Frag, and I hope he gets a serious bang of time on this one, right? So, um, he's been charged with two counts of assault against a woman at the same address, which I'm assuming is his missus, maybe, or whatever, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, there was a rolling pin... A wooden brush and a wooden mop handle all found at the same. So it sounds, sounds serious. It does sound serious, serious, yeah. Sounds like, sounds like our Muzzy isn't a very... Muzzy is it? Muzzy is a Muzzy, Muzzy isn't. And say, fucking he's on Muzzy isn't. I like it. <laughs> fucking, um, yeah, it's, it doesn't sound too good. So on October the 6th, I'll be reporting back, hopefully with a serious bit of time for what sounds like an absolute scumbag. Oh, Sounds like an absolute, yeah, quick. But um, other than that, Frank, I said, nothing really happened. I suppose one thing I will say, I was reading this morning, my senior man, Andrew Cosgren, qualified for the 1500 metres final. I thought you said the European Championship. So why didn't you shout out the window? Yeah, well, he's preoccupied there at the minute now. Yeah, well, I don't think he'd be coming on now if he's in the fucking... In the finals, Congratulations, yeah. Andrew. Hope Congratulations. you hope you bring the, 
Metal Helm Sun. Yeah, and other than that, book all happening around my ring. I'm gonna have to change. I'm gonna have to change this now. I'm gonna have to scrap the crime. I think and just bring you. I don't know. I'll bring in news in general. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. not a bad thing. Beach fucked again. Another L do not swim order put out. Oh. Yeah. The green party are up in arms over it. Amazing. <laughs> Another arse in their elbow. Exactly. But then, um, yeah, that's it. So, frag, move her on. Oh, yeah, it's time for this week's Random Pony, guys. Well, it's just a bit around the pony. Yeah. Well, Ray, I just want to, before I go into it today, I was in the shop in Pinewood today, right? Right. And a shout out to Siobhan Kelly. She said, I started listening to the user's podcast. I said, ah, thanks very much. He goes, you have a very therapeutic voice. <laughs> and I have to say now, I was ta- taken aback by that now, I've got to say, because it's like, Jesus, therapeutic. You've been called a lot of things, Keith. You've yes, but not therapeutic, Raymond. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, maybe. Oh, yeah, it's very, what's yeah, my face anyway? Didn't say anything about mine, No. No. I thought you probably would have had a more therapeutic You may, you may stop listening now, Siobhan. <laughs> Don't mind him, Siobhan. Anyway, Ray, I tell you about my trip to Lambay. Tell me. What? Did, you, did f- you catch a wallaby? No. For fuck's sake. I was, that was the only downfall of the whole day. Right. But it was great. Wow. Got the boat in Malahoy. It went over. It was great. Got there. Oh, very snazzy. Yeah. And then <laughs> you get there and you get a little history tour. Yeah. And you go for a big walk around the island. Shows you the Lambay Castle. Mm. There's a family, the, the UK family actually own the island. Yeah. And they come on the holiday on it there every year and all. Yeah. And then... Um, it's a fascinating experience. You go up, you go on all these lovely nature walks and all that, and you can see the, the it's everywhere. It's fabulous. Yeah. And then make it even better. You go down, you can win for a swim in the harbour, and then you go and get a barbecue and a few beverages after. Fabulous day out. That sounds I'd great. recommend it to anybody. That sounds great. Fabulous day. I have to yeah. say, couldn't recommend it. Best of 110 quid I ever spent. 110? Yeah, but it was worth every and that's penny. All, that's what I'm saying. That's, but yeah. that's the whole... Yeah. Jeez. But the only thing I didn't see the wallaby, that was the only, that was the only heartbreaking bit of the whole day. But Sick. It was a very entertaining experience. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Are we moving on? Something United are fucking it. crap. <laughs> moving on. What do you think of Graham Sooness's comments through the day? Now, we're going to get me into trouble. No, no I, you know, right, word I, this properly. Right, I will word this properly because I've worded it several times. Right. Graham Souness was talking about 22 men. That's correct. Playing a game. Yeah. And the words that come out was out were a men's game, right? Yeah. Now, the girl, I can't think. Karen. Karen. Karen yeah. yeah. She was like, she didn't bat an yeah. eyelid, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why one person decided not. And that's all it takes these days yeah. is one person to say, I'm offended by that. I wasn't offended by it, and I'll tell you why, because I was listening to the conversation before that. Yeah. And what he was saying was, he said the referees were letting more go, yeah. and it was more, it was back to the old days kind of football. Yeah. That's the way he was kind of describing it. And he wasn't trying to offend Karen Carney or any of the women's yeah. football, which is great, by the way, in any way. But you know the way it is now. Oh, you you say boot to a mouse. You can't say anything. You, you can't, can't say anything. Do you know what I mean? And it, that's... That's all it takes is somebody, as I said, somebody to just, it'll ruffle their feathers and they'll yeah. decide, nah, I'm not, ha- I'm not happy with this. You know, I, think, I think it's ridiculous because, I mean, the statement that was made in the context of the conversation that was happening was entirely relevant. And people are just looking for stuff. We weren't, you know what I mean? Like, they weren't talking about the women's game. No, they weren't. Do you know? But anyway. Moving on. Yeah. Anyway, how would you feel about this one, right? Right. You know, mates, you got, like, you've got got. We've got a lot of mates, right? Yeah. Okay. They'd be hanging around me. Say one of them was getting married and they didn't invite you to the wedding. I read this story. But you wouldn't talk to them afterwards. Yeah. Because they didn't invite you to the wedding. Yeah, I read this story. I actually, I know the one you're on about. Is this the one where there's a group of 18 friends and and 17 of them were invited to the wedding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd be like, you know what, just going to fuck you. I'd be the same. (laughs) Don't be just don't be an off kicking the yeah, that's, game I guys. thought that's bad for him. Like, do you yeah, know what I mean? I said for such a big group, and I know within groups of friends, there, you know, are probably closer to other people, or you know, whatever. But like, 
at to just I know. To, ju- to just cut one person yeah. out there. It's very mean, isn't like, it? That's that's a dickhead thing to do. <laughs> anyway, moving on, Ray. Put this one to you, right? Right. You go out shopping for the day. You know, you're coming home and you're going, oh, go home and chill out now. A long day of work, you know. You go, you open the hall door and you walk in. Right. And there's your neighbour sitting there watching telly in your house. How would you feel about that now, Ray? He'd be picking a fucking remote control out of his arsehole, if he would, Frank. <laughs> what, what is he doing? Why, why is he sitting in my sitting room watching my telly? Clearly, he had a key. Obviously, you know the way neighbours have keys yeah, for emergencies. Yeah. But he just said, I'll go in there now and watch something there now. Why, oh, because the missus was in next door watching fucking... Clearly, yeah. Nah, he'd be told where to go. That, nah, no, 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 I'm not, not into that. that. Never not, that. <laughs> not into that. Anyway, moving on. I put you in a woman's shoes now, Ray, okay? Right. I do sometimes. In, you do this every week. Oh, every week, then, right? Well, it's, Ray's t- it's the time of the night game where Ray becomes a lady for a few yeah. seconds. But you order a nice play, place. Oh, Jesus, I'm ready for the shit you <laughs> Sorry. You order a nice new play suit from Boo Hoo. Right. You open up the parcel and it's full of skid marks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to that man? Full of skid marks. Yeah. You're gonna be checking what the L return policy was there. <laughs> What's wrong skid with your eyes? Well, it's a bit skinny it, down it, there. It arrived with fucking L skid marks. Isn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, how the fuck you expect you're buying something new and it arrives? So that was obviously somebody returned that, and they just repackaged that and sent it back out. Horrendous. With shitty fucking... Boo, now, boo was right. Boo, who was right. Fucking right yeah. it is. Bastards. I will put you... I think of this, right? Eco-friendly couple spend just £8 a month right. on water bill. On their water bill? Yeah. Now, how do you do this is they reuse the water from the shower and they use it as drinking water. After having a shower? Yeah. Right? And they don't use Jack's roll or anything like that. Fucking animals. <coughs> animals. <coughs> fucking Jesus hell. Like, come Christ. on. What is wrong with people? No, no. Ah. Then they boil it. <laughs> so they use it then. They, but that's, they use it. And that's not going to do a lot for... All right, it might kill bacteria, but there's still yeah, going to be shitty particles uh, floating around your cup of tea. Like, fuck that. No, fuck them. Pear clowns. Right? Yeah, this fuck is very... Sort, yeah, right, right. ourselves out. Yeah, this, is very, this is very disturbing, this one now, guys. <laughs> right, you know, right? I, I actually struggled when I seen this one. A man kills his new wife on their wedding day in front of horrified guests. Is this a film? No. Is this happened. Been? It happened in Russia. <laughs> right. They were getting married. I don't know and they were staying. they were staying in this house. Right. And your man accused her of cheating on her. And he better to death in front of loud guests. And no one done nothing about it because he didn't want to get involved because it was domestic. Clowns. Did they call the cops? But it was too late. Jesus. Very serious shit on the podcast. That's tonight. fucking hell. It's fucking I don't even know what. That's desperate. don't know if I should have said that Ooh. now, actually. Feel a bit. <laughs> it's done now. It's out there. <laughs> I'll bring the meal back up with this one. After, after, after the wedding day massacre. Window right? cleaner gets woman pregnant. And he said he she he soaked her with his man sponge. <laughs> I'm, not, I was in the I'm not gonna lie, I've fucking Desi Grant in my head here now. <laughs> I was in the shaft today, right? I was going to get a sandwich, right? Right. And I copped one of them, you know them stupid magazines that have all that shitey story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just copped it at the corner of my eye and said I have to put that in <laughs> random phone. Like right? His magic sponge. Magic sponge, yeah. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so he was he was washing the windows oh, and then yeah. just you know, he was washing the windows and then he was washing his Jesus he was washing his ding dang do <laughs> and we moving on if our tops toward rage want to go forth tonight tops are toward um yeah I go forth right and uh, this week I start off with a series that was given to me by now I've written this down I'm not sure it was one of the Mars I, th- I think it was Key and Mar maybe it was Owen not. One of them. One of them. Anyway, right. All right. Um, so the series is Snowfall, right? Now it's on the BBC iPlayer. Just so happens my work laptop has a 
fucking built-in UK VPN thing so I can get the BBC I'm sure you get it on the, the on the dodgy box or whatever oh, I wouldn't you fucking can't do you know oh, no not the iPad but I mean I'm sure you'd find the show right Right. yeah yeah, um, yeah. Snowfall anyway right so I've watched three episodes of it and basically the gist of it is right you've got Franklin he's a young lad um, deals a bit weird for his uncle right he meets Avi, an Israeli cocaine dealer. Um, so he moves into the old white stuff. Then you've got Teddy McDonald, who is uh, is he is he DEA or CIA, CIA, whichever one of the one of the um, how do they call them? Secret agencies or right, whatever. Yeah. And then there's Gustavo, who uh, what do you call him? El Oso, he's called right, and he's like a Mexican cartel kind of enforcer that. So there's, there's, there's a few stories going on, and I'm still waiting for it to flesh out. Um, it's basically it's set in like 1983 LA, right? So Franklin's trying to make a bit of a name for himself. Teddy's after covering up a murder, and he's after discovering a bigger plot within the CIA right. for somebody who was dealing drugs on the side. Gustavo, haven't quite figured out what he's at yet. I think yeah. He just wants to kill a lot of people by the looks of things. Then Avi... The Israeli drug dealers, just this head, this headbanger, right? Um, but it's all kind of, as I said, I've watched a couple of episodes. It's really good. It's really interesting. But there's a, there's a lot going on. Right, so you need to have your head screwed on. Because I'm still, as I said, I'm still I'm trying to figure out who, you know, who's doing yeah. They're all sort of intertwined, you know. Your man Teddy goes undercover. So then he's right. meeting Avi and then... You know, Franklin's involved with Avi and the man Gustavo's around. He's robbing money from some lad's fucking safe and all sorts. Of, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Instead of watched a couple, you know, really enjoyed what I've watched so far. Definitely go back and, uh, and keep yeah. going with it, I suppose. Only 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I thought was a bit... I don't mind that Rotten Tomatoes. I don't mind that Rotten shite. Tomatoes, but now I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go four out of five. Oh, very good. So that works. There we go. Hey. Two times the charm. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, the film. I'll be, again, look, Craig, I'll be honest, I just, I watched the film. So it was just, it was one of those, it was like, I wasn't arsed going, looking for anything, do you know what I mean? Um, but anyway, the film is Day Shift. It's new to Netflix and it stars Jamie Foxx. Uh, Dave Franco's in it, Snoop Dogg. Oh, right. Right, and Jamie Foxx is Bud Jablonski, Right. He's a vampire hunter who, or would you say, masquerades as a pool cleaner, right? Right. Um, so basically, long and short of this is that Jamie Foxx needs to come up with about 20 grand by the following Monday um, in order to stop his ex-wife or his estranged wife and his kid moving, yeah. moving to Florida or wherever it was. So he's living in, it's in LA again, actually. But, um, yeah, do you know what? It's one of these films, right? 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, he goes off, obviously, you know, you have to kill the vampires yeah. to, to make your money and whatever. Um, and Dave Franco works at, like, the Union of Vampire Hunters and he has to come along on missions with Jamie Foxx because, you know, he's got a bad relationship with the Union of Vampire Hunters, whatever. Um, it's ludicrous to be honest with you um good bit of action and all going on really but shy <laughs> do you know what i mean like i watched it i didn't i didn't hate it yeah that's probably like as big a compliment as i can give it is that i just that i didn't hate it i have it down here for two and a half out of five but i'm looking at it i'm actually i'm saying two or burglar or burglar yeah yeah, that's that. What were you watching? Anyway, Ray, um, the film, I actually watched the film by myself, uh, Rogue Agent. I've been looking at that, actually. Yeah, actually, not bad at all. Um, yeah. uh, sorry, it's James Norton, uh, Gemma Anderton's in it. Um, and basically, it's this fella who pretends to be an agent, and he keeps these people hostage, basically. This one girl calls, so he keeps it there for nine years, 
is the, this the, on the run from the IRA, like, but they're going around everywhere, but she's yeah, not. Yeah, is this the one with the real life? Because I was looking, I read. I've seen a, a documentary about this on Netflix before. This, and your woman was like working in the shipper. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. On yeah. the run from the I rat. I thought that's what it was. I just, I read the little snippet. Basically, the long and the short is he goes around swindling everybody. Yeah. And it's a good, entertaining watch because he, 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 he's a believable fucker. Yeah. You know, you, you would you believe him like he's. So I'm not going to spoil it too much because yeah. I'll give the whole thing away. But yeah, I'll give it a three and a half out of five. I'll give it the good three mark. Three and a half. And yeah, so it, looked, it looked interesting. But that's what, when I read the thing, I thought, is that that, that documentary? Well, it's worth a watch out of that. No, it's worth a watch. When I started watching it, I go, oh, this is what it's about such and such, you know? Yeah. Anyway, Ray, um, the next thing I have is on uh, Apple and it's called Blackboard. Now, who, I don't know who came with who that? Hugo, Frag, that came in off about eight people. Eight people, right? Loads of people have been suggesting this blackboard on right, Apple so. TV. So you don't know any of the fucking names. Um, well, a lad used to work with Simon. Um, right, Simon. Thanks Alan for your Carter. Uh, Car- Alan uh, Carter. Thanks for your selection, Al. Right, Ray. I'll get on to it. Well, blackboard. I think, I think another one of the Mars might have. Okay. Might have in as well. Come here. There was there was a good few. Anyway, um, basically, Taron Egerton's in it, and he actually he's a producer in it as well. Yeah. Um. And basically, he's a drug dealer in it. But he's not a scumbag or anything, but he's a drug dealer. And obviously, he gets caught. Yeah. Right? Okay. And he gets, he, he takes a plea, but they said he's only going to get five years, two years maybe, but he gets 10 years. Okay. So right, then yeah. the FBI come in and say, look, we'll take your sentence away if you go in undercover and do a job for us yeah. in a high class prison. Because this fellow was more than young ones. Okay. But he couldn't find the after so he doesn't know someone someone my buried. Yeah. So he wanted him to go in and befriend this fella. Yeah. And find out basically where they are. Yeah. Alright. So basically that's the plot of the story. I'm too in, gripped. I have to say Ray Liotta's in it as well, actually. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm gripped. It's very, very good. I would give it to four out of five. I'll oh. give it to yeah, it's very good. Very good now, I have Ooh. to say so. Thanks for your recommendation, all you eight people. And there was, there was, there was a, a heap of them. That was the one that got the most, I'd say, that's the most ever votes or suggestions have ever come Yeah, well, it's, one, it's so. a very good, it's very good. So I'm really betting to it at the minute. Let's give it a look. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lads, coming up next, we're going to be sitting down with the Magnet. The Magnet himself. The Magnet himself, Mick McGowan. We're going to be talking darts and... Shite, I suppose, yeah. Um, So yeah, that's coming up next. And we're back here in the Lala Cafe, in our new fancy snazzy room tonight. And we have the magnet himself, Mr Mick McGowan, pro darts player. Great to be here, lads. And Bad Brigham Man. Originally from the league, but I'm he's one of resident. Now. Yeah, yeah. Resident. Longer here now than I've been in the league, so it's a boss. <laughs> so you're a bringing man now. What did he say? What did he call that? Naturalised. Yeah. <laughs> a plastic brig, something like that. What do you mean? Plastic. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> like most people. Those days. <laughs> true, suppose, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much for coming yeah, on, Mick. Thanks very much, Mick. Yeah. No problem. And like Ray said, uh, a couple of minutes ago when we were off air, we always start with a quiz just to ease the guest in. <laughs> and it's a bad rigging quiz. And um, it's my turn to do the quiz this week. So it'll be Mick versus Ray this week. Great. So we'll get stuck in. What's and the, What's the record now? Well, yeah. I've never won. So. I, I think I'm the only person that's ever won one. Yeah, well, I've never won one. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a first. So we, 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 we just, we just, we the string of draws. Right? <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think I won one then. I lost your sister, and that was hard. Yeah. And I won one. Well, yeah. yeah. I got a question on bar roll wrong, which hurt. <laughs> yeah. Right, all right tonight. Right, Mick, since you're the guest, we all did the guest go first. So Mick, your first question is: Name this place on the Scaries Road. If you missed the Tory tree at night and you were walking past this place, you'd shite yourself. Oh, Jesus. Lady Stairs. The Lady Stairs oh, is correct. There you go. Well done, Mick. That's one nil to you. Ray, first question. Right. What is the name of the barbers on the Mark Green? The barbers on the Mark Green? Yeah. I haven't paid for a professional haircut since COVID. That's not the fucking <laughs> answer, is it? I don't know, that's one of them money laundering shops or whatever. It has a name, right? Does it? Yeah. 
Han är klok med det. The answer is Sammys. Sammys? Yes. Didn't know that. Touch the gun. He probably didn't have that all the time. Yeah, he looked ahead of me. What the fuck would I be looking at for? True. Okay, next question. Hold on, I give myself a yell. Oh, sorry, sorry. There you go, you're on. Okay, 1-0 to Mick. Question 2. Mick, what is the name of the beach down past Sea Point? Back Beach. No. Incorrect. The answer is the Stony Beach. Does it, does it have a proper name though? Yeah, Stony Beach. <laughs> back Beach is the other beach there. It's the, the, back beach, the, the Back Beach is the King Strand. King Strand, my arse. It's the Back Beach. Don't say I'm not fancy near you. Just saying. Okay, right, so well. question two. Still one nil to me. Ray, name this Pinewood man. His second name... Where does the US president live? The White House. Yes. <laughs> and his first name <laughs> and his first name um, is another name for a fart. A <laughs> name for a fart. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'll give you another clue. Dutch football is paper Sheffield Wednesday in the mid nineties. In Yank? No. <laughs> I've just got clones in my head now. And that's No, not clones. I know it's not clones. That's a man. Go on. Rudy. Rudy. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> right. I think it should have been clones. <laughs> we'll get clones in next time, right? <laughs> okay, this is te- question three, and it's still 1 0 to Mick. Mick, name this Hampton Cove man. His second name after a city in Wales. And his first name after a famous Who album. Jeez. So, his second name is after a city in Wales. Cardiff. Cardiff, correct. And his first name is after a famous Who album and movie. Don't know any Who albums. There's yeah. a movie 1969 as well. And there's the Who Wrote the Soundtrack for it as well. Who are you, Bob? No idea. No. Tommy. I was thinking Tommy, Tommy Car I was thinking though, Tommy Carter was the only Cardiff I'd know. But it was like Who album? So they had an album called Tommy. Tommy, yeah. Tommy, can you hear me? Don't know that one now. Oh. Yeah, there's a fucking musical in everything. Right, so oh, question yeah, four. It's still 1 0 to Mick. Right. Ray, what was the name of the furniture shop on Market Green, the big market house? Oh, that's now a must. Jesus Christ. <laughs> there was a closing down sale, it might as well have been called because that was how the fucking sign was on it the whole time. <laughs> What was the name? It's a woman. It's a woman's name as well. It is a woman's name, right? No. 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 The answer is Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> okay, so um, still one nil to Mick, and Mick, this is your far question. Mick, what is the name of the estate? Um, at the back of Chapel Grove. Chapel Close. No. I don't even know where Chapel Close. Templeville. Templeville. I know where you're going with that one though. Because I lived there. You lived there, yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Jesus, yeah, I'm thinking of. Okay, so question five. It's still one nil to mix. So Ray, I need to get this. this That's where you're coming from though, doesn't it? (laughs) That's it. I know, but Templeville is the answer. You see, to me as well, that's just all Chapel Gate. Yes, that's what that no. is. Like... Here's a good point, never thought of that one. Yeah, yeah. Right, Ray, come on. Right. Pressure's on. Okay, Ray. Question five. Name the, per- name the first person to leave Take That. The first person is, to leave Take the, That. The name of this person. Name the first person to leave Take That. Who was the first person to leave the band? 
Robbie Williams. That's correct. Robbie's the first name. Oh, and the second name. <laughs> that, that was the question. And the second name, the second name right. is after a character in The Simpsons who electrocuted himself and died. Uh, I was only talking to him the other night. I seen him down in Central, back from Australia. Robbie Grimes. Oh, What's your man's name? Huh? What's your man's name? Grimey. Grimey, Grimes. Yeah. That's correct. Well known, right? So... Um, it's 1-1 one, one, and yeah. we've got one question left Mick you get this question right you win no pressure no pressure I hope you get this question right because I've no tiebreaker question I'm just <laughs> realising there anyway okay Mick name this bad name this man from Pinewood Jesus Christ first name after the singer in Wham George yeah and second name after former female Prime Minister The UK oh, female Prime Minister. Margaret Thatcher. No. <laughs> the answer no, was Theresa May. Georgie May. Georgie May. May. Right, lads, one more. Sick. There we go. Go with that. I don't know where he comes up with this shit. Georgie May. Well, now, it, uh, well, there's method to his madness there. I mean, a lot of moaning. About the questions on the quizzes not being yeah, from yeah, this but, end but, of the town. But, yeah. You know, apparently. Ah, should look. But that's it. Yeah. You got a bit shout out to, Shout out to Robbie Grimes. Yeah, well. Robbie, that, that quiz yeah. is dedicated to you because you would have won Robbie. Good. See, yeah. Is it still around? <coughs> back since he said he's back for a month. Um, seen him there Seen him there on Monday. So I'm glad you were watching Liverpool. So, um, I'd say bump into it. I'd say yeah. bump into him. He said he's a few bits down to Kerry and then he's yeah, yeah. back up and he's whatever. Yeah, he's good ah, still same Robbie. Same Robbie, yeah. Delighted to see when he came in. It was, he swear to God, he swear he never <laughs> left, yeah, he never yeah, left yeah, that yeah. ring. Yeah. He just walks in and goes, all right, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's good anyway, I'll let, you t- I'll let you take the reins for this one now. Um, yeah, I suppose Mick, you know, again, I suppose just to say, look, thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Mick. Um, I mean, I suppose it's no point in going on about, you know, oh, I, I grew up and I did this and I did that. How did the dark thing come about? What was, what was, where did it all well, start? Well, yeah, I suppose on that, it, it did start at a young age. Like, I mean, we as a family, pretty much all through the arts, me, me, yeah. me, 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 grandfather, my grand, my father, two older brothers played county. One of my sisters played a bit of darts. Um, three first cousins, yeah. Two in in Ireland play county. One in 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 Essex, in in England play county. It's just darts just seemed to be the McGowan thing. So from a very early age, from seven years yeah. of age, I was I was throwing yeah. darts, you know. And when did you feel? Um, what age did you feel I could actually do this for a living? Um, I suppose. Well, you know, from from an early age, I I I played my first senior county game at twelve. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I managed to win, uh, and tr- sort of through accident. At at the time, two my two brothers were playing for Mead, and I was they were playing Westmead. We were six five down, and Mead didn't have a twelve player, and, and the guy asked me to step in to play and managed to get a draw for the team. So you know, it sort of progressed from there. I, I'd been playing international from seventeen, captains my country at nineteen, and you know, sort of. From a lot, you know, from an early enough age, um, I knew it was handy. The game, yeah, you know? <laughs> it was handy. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's it, Jesus Christ, twelve. I mean, yeah, no messing there. Twelve years of age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, it was something. That was, Easy it was, to save the game for us. There, you yeah, know. yeah. Look, it was just something. A lot of kids in my age always wanted to play football and wanted to, you know, yeah, be play for Liverpool or whatever it might well be. My thing was always, I always wanted to play darts. It was just something yeah. that. I always just wanted to do, you know. And that's the same, and the same, I suppose, like, like you're saying, 19 years of age, captain your country. I mean, was that mm. amazing? Yeah, that was, that, was, that was an amazing moment, you know, um, to be picked, as I said, to captain my country. Like I'd, I'd become Irish rank number one at that stage, so it was the obvious, I suppose, move to make me captain uh, yeah, uh, yeah. of the team. Um, but yeah, you know... And would that have been a theme that with older fellas? And Absolutely, stuff? yeah. Like, I mean, players, you know, of the day around Ireland, you know, Jack McKenna would have been an absolute household name in Irish darts. To me, probably the, 
the best ever Irish player on the Irish circuit. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, the guys like Tom Kirby, God rest him, is gone now. And, you know, players of that sort of calibre, John Joe Shea from Cork, you know, uh, like lads that were just household names at the time of the country because going back then, you know, you're talking of 30 odd years ago, darts was, you know, huge around, you know, yeah, the country yeah, yeah. at that stage. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a real privilege and an honour and, uh, you know, enjoyed those days. Yeah. Good. And is it, was there a bit of though, I suppose, from, from yourself, I mean, obviously you were saying, look, he knew you were handy out, but yeah. was there a bit of kind of like, what did he call us now, this nearly kind of imposter syndrome, whatever, like, as a young fella coming in? Oh, without a doubt. No one without a doubt, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, meets yeah. a captain. Yeah. And like, oh, 100%. <laughs> you know, like, this, and this little shit is, you know, <laughs> yeah. taking some of our, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah prizes here you know yeah. so uh, of course there was some of that you know but uh, look at um, I, I, I had good people around me too you know some yeah. good friends on the Irish circuit at the time who, who looked out for me older guys you know what I mean yeah. uh, like I said Danny Maguire from Dundalk and people like that so that helped a lot you know and then you know as as went on people just you know took it as well this kid's here to stay so we've two choices you know what I mean you know, <laughs> yeah, get on here or get off you know and yeah. what was your what was your first win make your first tournament win in our final or? oh god first tournament well going back again as opposed to, to then I, I I remember winning the, the league league singles which would have been a huge league you know Leinster league at the time um, I'd won that at, at uh at 13 I'd lost Jesus. I'd lost in the final actually at 12 to my brother John who's an American now <laughs> yeah. and I go back the following year and I, I, I give him a bit of a whopping in, in the final the following year you know so that would be first win with Don Dane you know it was supposed to be around about 15, 16 it was starting to win, win tournaments around the country you know yeah. and um, just sort of progressed on from that like you know won me, won me first Irish Masters at I think about 18 or something which would have been a you know, the biggest tournament in Ireland at, yeah. at, at that time, you know. Yeah. So that was the first response, real major win that I would have seen on the Irish circuit. Yeah. And was a lot actually the same, I suppose, like, because at such a young age, as I say, young back 12, 13, more, mm-hmm. I mean, probably a big ask on your parents, say, you know, kind of getting me around the place absolutely massive like I mean and and I them to thank you know for everything because they either got me to somewhere or they'd get me to you know meet up with I said likes of a guy called Danny McGuire from Dark who was a massive friend guy yeah. Paul Taylor from Betty said and if it wasn't me mum and dad that drove me somewhere they drive me to meet them yeah. and they bring me in and yeah. it was very very well looked after you know yeah. in those days you know like great people around me yeah yeah oh that's good that's as I said I suppose I wouldn't in my head. I wouldn't have thought it would have been yeah, that yeah. young. Yeah, you know? but then I suppose you look now. I suppose what's the young fellow? King Barry. King, you know, yeah. How young he was, I suppose. Yeah, like I mean, and I suppose it, you know, I'm thinking back. It's not what you're saying to me now shouldn't be shocking me. No, no, King, and, and very similar in that sense. Like I mean, uh, um, me, me dad was was a massive supporter of King, and and yeah. you know, King, King loved me dad. Um, and, and King came a very similar age you know what I mean yeah. of around about 11, 12 years of age with a pair of glasses like as most I had at the time you know what I mean so it's very easy to see you know the light in that sense but you know absolute awesome talent like I mean King's only 18 years of age now and he's he's just brilliant you know yeah, great yeah. chap as well you know great head and shoulders yeah. that's just one of those you know I, I think back that kind of 7, 8 years ago and you know be down having down having a point like in the morning yeah. so and that's it, this little young fella comes yeah. in, like, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, upstart, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah. And he's just like, you know what I mean? No mercy for no. me, no, no mercy no. for me as lads, like, no, so, no. As I, said, I was going to say, no, I'd say, obviously, there's plenty of respect there, but yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. no respect for someone's game nearly. It's no, just, no, 100%. Beat you, no, 100%. Like, and <laughs> look, that's the way the game is nowadays, you know what I mean? There is plenty, as you say, respect off the dartboard for people mm. and whatever, yeah. but. Honest, you know, there's just no respect, and it can't be, yeah. you know, that's just the way the game is now. That's it. So, did you go to the PDC, Mick Force, obviously? But that way, you originally started. In no, I, I didn't go to the PDC until around about 2003 ish or so. Um, the PDC, you know, started up around about 92, 93 when the breakup of darts came between BDO and, and PDC. Mm. Um, when I would have been, you know, only around that 17, 18 sort of progressing on an Irish circuit. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, I was, I, was, I was too young to get involved in the politics at all at that stage. I just, yeah. I kept out of and played me darts because it was a, it was a really, it was a bitter feud. It was, it, was a, it was a terrible time for darts because when the PDC formed, you know, the, the, the guys that, that formed, they were, they were just, they were like social outcasts, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like pariah, you know, and it was a sad time to see because the top 16 players at the time had moved off with, with their managers for very good reasons, they weren't able to make a living on the BDO anymore. They did no, they'd only one TV tournament a year, World Championships on BBC, and that was only gone out as highlights. So yeah. they did no platform to, yeah. to earn a living from. So they had gone, you know, to to um, Ollie Croft, who was chairman of the BDO at the time, and um, they'd said it to him, and, and they basically got told, "Look, you don't like it, there's the door." So <laughs> they did, and and uh, you know, two managers, Tommy Cox, God rest him, he's gone now. Who was Jockey Wilson's man- manager, and Dick Alex, um, who was Eric's manager. Um, they 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 set up the it was the World Arts Council at the time, yeah, and the Breakaway Organization, and um, they got banned from everything. You know, so they were just you know they were cast out and weren't allowed throwing competitions with other players. They weren't allowed nearly associate with anybody. So it was a it was a horrible time when when the the guys that we all looked up to at that time, you know, was moved off, and you basically weren't couldn't even turn up to an exhibition if they they were to play in one yeah. and that. You know, it's a bit so, like the live golf now, isn't it? Very very similar, yeah. absolutely very very similar. Um, but you know, look, I don't know too much of the ins and outs and the politics of the live golf, but like these guys were genuinely just looking to make a living, you know, yeah. and and um, so. Uh, no, uh, long-winded way around answering your question. I didn't. Uh, I, I stayed where I was at that time, uh, you know, the BDO, uh, for a long number of years, playing internationals and, you know, war masters and tournaments like that. It was only around about, say, 2004-ish or so. Um, Tom Kirby, who I mentioned already, God rest him, Tom's gone now. Tom had went over to, to the World Arts Council and, you know, applied his trade then. And uh, he'd been pestering me for a couple of years to go over and the whole lot. At that stage, the whole court case had come about and yeah. the guys in the PDC had won, thankfully, their case and, and, you know, things eased off a bit. So Tom been pestering me for some time, picking over and I said, oh, look, you know, just keep him bloody quiet. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll go. So I went over, played a couple of tournaments. Um, first couple didn't go great, you know, but... What what I you know what I had a tendency to do I, I was I was always a great learner of the game I always liked trying to learn and trying to see you know something new and see what I was doing wrong what other guys was doing right so yeah, what I yeah. what I had a tendency to do in in the early days of you know I'd go to a tournament in the UK and I could beat first second round I used to hang around and I go down and I'd watch what Phil was doing and what you know uh, uh, Bob Anderson and all these guys. Yeah. And see what they were doing that I wasn't doing, and I learned. You know what I mean, and and managed fortunate enough to progress. And uh, I suppose two thousand and six was me me breakthrough year. Two thousand and five had a couple of semi-finals and quarter-finals, and I started seeing things were starting to you know improve a little. Yeah. But two thousand and six would have been my my breakthrough year where I had won my first PDC event. You know what I mean, yeah. and things started to progress a little bit for me. You know, from there, thank God. You know. Yeah. That's. Let's say 2006, you move on to the, you mentioned Phil Taylor there, mm-hmm. and that's Stevens' day, 2007. Yeah. I I can tell you this now, Mick, we've talked about this before on the podcast, yeah. and I will tell you now, I will never, never have a better day on the beer than I had that day. That was, and that was all building up to you playing Phil Taylor. We were in the Milestone Bar from about 11 o'clock that morning parked ourselves up in you know the corner when you could yeah in yeah it. yeah parked, you just boxed off to us many of that must have been 13 14 of us i didn't arrive to later we, we were rambling <coughs> to the corner darts all day drinking pints fucking great cracked you know and then what happened was just before your game started everybody that was in but more or less everybody that was in the harvest bar i came across the milestone couldn't fucking move in the place it was like do you know what I mean it was like looking like at one of, it was like yeah. one of them fucking subway trains you see yeah, in like yeah. Tokyo or something this was, it was ridiculous and the whole the whole place I've never seen that like it in there before or since it was just everyone was just there and it was like you know you know yourself in what yeah. you have Liverpool fans you have Knight fans yeah everyone in the place was just fucking gamma. yeah 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 so now, I'll 
they'll never have a better day. Be I watched it. I actually watched it in Hennel's gaff, and then I yeah. came up to the minor. <laughs> but I have to say, Mick, I remember it so well. But you were throwing some serious darts in that game. I think it was a. I think what was it? One on one point eight two. You had average. That's right, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the gas with that that beats most people. Yeah, Every yeah, the week, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was the odd thing about it, and that story about the miles that I, yeah. you know, if it, you were for everyone was told that story, I, I wouldn't have to walk on today. You know what I mean? But, yeah. yeah, it's it's the one. It's it's funny because it's the one sort of memory that everybody sort of seems to have of my career in the arts was that night against Phil Taylor. Yeah, um, I suppose the, the the lead up to that had came about six weeks before that. I played Phil in um, tournament over in Holland. Yes. And we'd gone to the last leg of the last set, and I'd beaten him with I'd something around about 101 average, and Phil, had, or sorry, around about 110 average. Phil had something around about 102. So we, I'd gone at that time. I wasn't qualified for um, the World Championships at that stage, but I'd gone two weeks after that to the UK, yeah. and I was favoured to qualify. And I went through the whole day. I only took one leg in my final game to qualify. I, I'd beaten everybody else five nil, six nil the whole way. So I'd gone into the World Championships in, in good form. Um, but after the draw, uh, sorry, after I qualified that day, they'd done the draw for the World Championships. Yeah. So one of me, me sponsors at the time was with me that day and um, I'd drawn a guy called Matt Clark in the first round. And so I came out, no disrespect to Matt, you know, if you're good friends with Matt still and he's a good player. But I said to myself, that's not a bad draw. And yeah, um, yeah. but it never dawned on me Matt was, was ranked number 32 in the world at the time but yeah. it never dawned on me that if I beat Matt that means I'm going to play war number one in the second round which is good <laughs> so I've gone from being reasonably up there with me draw to you know wow. just the, the, wow. just sinking you know yeah. but you know I'd gone home and, and prepared for everything as good as I could went over played Matt luckily enough won that game and then the preparation started for what, whatever it was a week or seven or eight days or 10 days afterwards to play Phil in the second round. Done all the practice right, done everything right. Felt really good. Arrived over in Stevens this morning early because that time there was no flights on Christmas Day, yeah. you know what I mean? So you can only fly you. So got over early and we went down to the venue. It was in, in the Circus Tavern at the time, which to me, probably, you know, my favourite venue. And yeah. Thankfully, it was the last World Championships that was in the Circus Tavern. So I was lucky to be able to get yeah. to play in that one. Yeah. And... Um, so I'd gone in, you know, early enough in the day and relaxed and Phil came in and Circus Tavern was very small. You only had a couple of dartboards for practice. So I went into practice and, um, you know, Phil's looking at me and I'm looking at him. Who's going to go in first? Who's going to blink first? You know, so I, I, I didn't say there, I'm all right, you know. So I've let him go in for about five minutes beforehand and I've went in, you know, and I said, all right, Phil. And he says, ah, oh, Mick, how are things? So we went down and we, we actually practiced together for about two hours before we went out to play and... Yeah. You know, we we with a, a couple of drinks and a, a good yap or whatever else and um just went out and my, my approach to the game always was that because I, I remember walking out onto the stage that night and like Circus Tavern was small, it only held about twelve hundred and fifty people. Yeah. And when I'm waiting at the back, you know, to be to be announced on, uh, you know, Debbie, my wife, my brother John that flew in from America and my sponsor Robbie was there. Yeah. Uh, my mum and dad had come over for the first game, they didn't go for that one. And so there was 1,250 people in the room and 1,247 were singing. There's only one Phil Taylor and I am gone. My Jesus, what have I got myself into here? You know what I mean? You know, I, I, can I not just go back to bloody Belbriggan or something? You know what I mean? So I've, I've gone in with full intention. I've got to win the first set to try and get them off me back in some, in some way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, thankfully that had gone well. I got the first set, gone off the stage. And I have to say after that, the crowd were really really appreciative towards the game yeah and yeah it, it was a cracking game of darts um i think i had 10 180s in the game phil at something yeah. like four yeah. um but where my problem had came within the game and i'd spoke to eric afterwards um because eric was doing the spotting on it and um i had a chat and a, and a point with him afterwards and he says he said i know phil he said all his dart in life and he said i've never ever seen him do what he's done tonight he said he just flatlined yeah, and, and like some people might not understand, you know, averages when you talk about 101 and 110 averages. But he literally came out for the next four sets and he averaged 110 in each set. So he basically went every leg from there on 13, 14, 13, 14. Yeah. You know, like you, you'd see today some guys have an average, a finishing average of 112. But they might have dipped to 101 at some stage, which means yeah. they've come off the top. But Phil was just, he, he was just a different animal. When, when, he, when he got at you, he just didn't let up. 
and he just did not let up that night. And as much as I tried to try to get back into the game, he just yeah. would not let up. You know, like I think is that as I said, you win the four. You know, you win the four seven. Is that? In case of poking the bear nearly kind of oh, thing. Well, well, that's what it seemed to be because, <laughs> but, you know, I've gone backstage, you know, and, and I, was, I was conscious walking off stage that, you know, win the set, no, you know, play acting or shouting the play, just take the darts out and walk quickly. But I, I, I've thrown a side eye to see what he's doing as I'm walking off. And he's standing there sort of looking at me, you know, and I know what he's thinking. This <laughs> is not going to do me again. He, he beat yeah. me six weeks ago, you know. Yeah. But I've gone out the back and I've, I've managed to go well away down sort of in, in, the, in the backstage away from him altogether and I've let him come back up for Santa stage trying to play tactics but didn't work very well <laughs> Alfred as you said he's <laughs> different animal I suppose yeah uh, it's just still it was it was just like it was I think he just he hit the nail on the head and said evening alright you know the luck wasn't there for you that night but it was an unbelievable game yeah, yeah. as I said well, he just for myself sitting watching I said in the atmosphere that it was in and you know it's, it's a local yeah, fella yeah. and you're like what? you look at you know at the end of the day <clears throat> of course it would have been great to maybe be the other side of the draw and maybe get a Avoid better run or so. <laughs> yeah. but you know memories are gone as I said to you everybody you know that you'd still talk to yeah remember that night you played Phil Taylor <laughs> I was in the miles of that uh, it's nearly like you know where were you when Kennedy was shot you know what I mean sort of I remember how many 180s one, one you hit you hit something you hit 10 10 you? yeah that's what I remember wow, most was, yeah something, it was something else but I mean you know that aside I'd say looking you know things like world cups and stuff I mean, what, what was that like again, oh. as you said Representing your country is obviously a, a different. Yeah, like different I mean, game. I I and I would have done a few World Cups, you know, on, on the BDO as it was, you know, coming through. Mm. But the World Cups, the PDC World Cups, were just, you know, they were different gravy. They were brilliant. Like I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to play every World Cup I did. Sorry, with um, uh, Willie O'Connor, yeah, um, yeah. who would be you know great friends with, and um, they were just brilliant atmosphere and great times. You know what I mean? And. Um, Great, great, great tournament to be in, you know, to represent your country. And it, it was different from Atnes that you played because you, you, you played the first game as, as pairs, you know. Yeah. And you were, it wasn't just for yourself you were playing. You were yeah. playing for somebody else and you were playing for all the people at home. And yeah. it, was, it was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed the World Cup. Yeah, sick of the sight of uh, Simon Whitlock and your man Nicholson, I'd imagine. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, absolutely. Just torn on our side. You know? And it's just, it, it's funny the way sometimes draws can go. You tend to run into yeah. the same people, yeah, you know, yeah. at the same stage a lot of the time, you know. But that was a, a he used to road the wrong way, didn't he? He was a jar already playing for Australia. Uh, no, that's yeah, right, that was yeah, another yeah. and him with him wearing the bleeding tie as well. The tie, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that was but then again, as you said, it is one of those things probably again just happened to be pumping into Simon Whitlock like that yeah. at the time where he was just That's right, yeah. He yeah. was just Yeah, yeah. and, and the, like he's yeah and like to be fair to him even today, you know, Simon maybe, you know, on the circuit isn't, you know, playing the darts he once did, but same when it comes to the World Cup, he just seems to be able to step up that yeah, level. Yeah. He just loves it. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things that he loves, you know? And that's it. I suppose it's probably, you know, there's probably very few opportunities as such as a, a darts player. You know, it's an individual game. So, yeah, you know, it certainly is now. You're representing I'm, yourself. You're not representing your country, you know, with the action. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And now they're, like, on the PDC circuit, that it certainly is. That's the only opportunity that comes up every year. Yeah. And uh, you know, on the we'd say the amateur circuit, um, you get much more opportunities yeah, every year. Yeah. But you know, on the top level, that's the only one. You know what I mean? And it's it's something you know, it's it's great to be able to say you're done. You know. Mm. Uh, you were saying there, things go like the Phil Taylor, everyone's memory of you. Well, I've got a memory of you, Mick, <laughs> and it's not just the Phil Taylor one. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you a good one. I was in Lawrence's and Drada. When you were playing uh, Cork Shepherd, I knew this was going. <laughs> and I was there with I was there with this girl. Like, we were able, and do you know who McGar's dad was there? Phil he doesn't want to hang himself. And I said, he's not talking about his wife because it was before he met her. This, this is years ago, right? <laughs> so anyway, I knew that you were playing Shepherd that night. So I said, "Oh crap, get the darts on." Will you put the darts on? It's Mick McGowan's playing, you know. Yeah. Look, lad, now that's when telling everybody, oh, Mick McGowan's playing, now we'll we'll go, go few people there sitting around. Guys, all that sitting there, yeah. ready to watch the darts. So, anyway, we're sitting there and they have it on, and you're about to go on. They turn it off, right? <laughs> and put on Arsenal versus Parchment, <laughs> Fratton Park. 
I'm having none of this now. You know me, Ray, you want to yeah. throw a freaker. Oh, so we yeah. started throwing freaker in the middle of the boozer. And draw it, like. <laughs> Stood up and said, this is a lot of bollocks. What are you putting that on for? There's a fucking local man here. Playing darts on the fucking Sky Sports. <laughs> Three or four lads from over. There's nearly 50 cuffs and everything. <laughs> but I got it back on. Persistence paying in. That's it. They probably thought of paying me bollocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. What they done was, Mick, they put you back on the telly up here and you put the match on back down there. So we won't... Walked out. Walked out. He ended up in the final, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, just one of those uh, freaky years. That was the, the, the following year on. As I said, the, the last one was in Circus Tavern the, the previous year that I played Taylor. And it was the first one we'd, we'd moved to Alexandra Palace. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, just a different animal. It was something that I, I think everybody had struggled with. Um, the stage and it was absolutely huge. You know, the Circus Tavern, tiny stage, and the, the crowd sort of just, you know, came around the, the side of the stage. They, they were yeah, nearly yeah, on top yeah. of you. You went to the Alexander Palace, this massive, massive stage, and the crowd just they seemed to grow a million miles away from you. Yeah. Um, so it was something I think that we all had struggled with a bit. Um, but, like, Kirk, you know, best of luck from the whole lot. But, every, you know, I think the only person that had a chance to beat him was Wayne Mardell in the semi-final. Um Terry Jenkins missed something like five or six starts in the first round to beat him. I'd missed four in the second. A story on that, again, I'd flown over on uh, Stevens this morning. Yeah. Uh, Stevens Day game again. And um, like that, got an early flight, but things just went completely wrong. We got over there. We were actually late at Nova because it was fog. Yeah. Uh, when we landed then, we got stuck in all the box of the uh, shopping traffic. So... You have to be there before minimum of two hours before yeah. your game. That's the cutoff. That's the yeah, rule with yeah. it, you know. And um, we only got to the hotel two hours before I was due to play. So I literally had to run in, change the clothes, told the taxi hang on there and drop us <laughs> up to the Addy Pally. So I got there with an hour and a half before me game and I was fuming walking in the door. And uh, Tommy Cox, God rest him, he was the, um, the tournament organiser at the time. He's waiting at the door to just give me an absolute rollicking because I'm, I'm, I'm late. And I, just, I walked in by him and said, Tommy, don't. So I'm not in the humour for it now. So I had to get in then. I had to do me TV interviews and all that sort of stuff. So I literally got a half an hour uh, to set to myself before I got on against um, Kirk. And I managed to get a shot at a double to win. And it just had gone through my head. Just put this in and, you know, you can settle down down for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the tournament. I'd switched off. I'd missed three at a double. I think I missed with Dart before that as well. Yeah. And everybody else down along the way, then Peter Manley missed darts and Barry Bates. It was just one of those. It was just one of those freaky things that he just seemed to go through a, a, a draw, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but look at that's it. That's, that's it. <laughs> I mean, as like I was saying, like Anthony, I suppose they're always as good as you are or as good as you can be. Oh yeah, if yeah. Just if you don't have that little bit of luck, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you need. <laughs> you always need a little bit of luck somewhere along the way. Let it be either you know you get a little a nice little deflection into a yeah. treble or a double or mm-hmm. or you the other way it'll go out in your you know or somebody just misses a dart here and there. There's always a little bit of luck involved in it yeah. somewhere. You know, yeah. no, matter, no matter how good you are. I have to ask about your walk on song, Mick. Which one? Aslan, Crazy World. Is that you? No. The Lion Bastard. No, I had a <laughs> Coda line. I was looking at that, yeah. The Lion Bastard. You have to make me look like a right gob shite now. That's a, that's a, you know Coda what? line, I'm ready. The only reason, because I was looking at it on, uh, <laughs> it was on Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah. It says Aslan Crazy Work. And to me, only after, I was after picking a few little video bits yeah. off YouTube. I like that, yeah, Coda Line. And I was like, yeah. I don't think that's So why right. is Aslan on it? I don't know. Sorry about that, Mick. <laughs> I was going in there. Oh, I'll ask him this one now. Well, you know, casually, don't you? Actually, I would there now. It wouldn't be as rapid fire. With it's about it's about the old the entrance or not walk on music. Let's say entrance music. But I'll ask you that one at the end. But um, yeah, I suppose you'd you'd mentioned there. You were saying the Circus Tavern um, as one of your favourites. But we was looking at sort of just even the, you know the tournaments and stuff like that. I mean, what what was it like going out to Vegas? Brilliant, classic, really. absolutely brilliant. Um, in in many ways, because at the time it, it sort of came, you know, around about that summertime of the year, and it was it was great for all the players because you, you sort of took it as a holiday, 
And, uh, you know, and, you, you, and that was, there's no point in saying it any other way. You had the qualifiers over there to try and make it onto the, the, the TV stage. I think it was only the top eight in the world of a guaranteed spot in, in the tournament. So you went over and you gave it a shot and you qualified, you know, um, you got a few bob out of them, whatever. But yeah. uh, if not, it was a holiday. But it was great. It was a great bit of time you, you could spend with... Because, look, we all had, you know, friends on the circuit or whatever. So you tend to spend that bit of time. But yeah, it was a great turn to be, to be around and involved in. And yeah. it, was, it was one that, you know, I missed when I went off the circuit, you know. Because that's it's just when I was reading up the little bits and just seeing the Vegas. What you were after saying there, yeah, that was what was in my head. I yeah. was like, nah, if I was rocking over there now, I was like, wouldn't be taking this very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like, I give it a bash, but yeah, like, yeah. it won't be too cool. Yeah, no, you, you know, and if you did, when you qualified, you know, you, you settled down, you took it seriously. Yeah. The strange thing with it was, it, it was um, a very strange crowd because the Americans, they didn't really get it, you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah, you, you, you yeah. came from playing in tournaments in the UK or whatever, and all the roaring and shouting and singing, and yeah. you played in Vegas. Now, they, they had the World Series this year in uh, New York, and they've sort of got their heads around it yeah, now, and there's, yeah. there's a more dark and crowd down there. Yeah. But in those days, they didn't really get it, so it was a very quiet, <laughs> yeah. sort of subdued crowd. <laughs> like the crucible. Front, you know? Yeah, it was. It pretty much was, yeah. <laughs> but it, it is. It's weird to say, you know, even just in, like in bars in places like you're saying, the, the likes in New York and stuff and what, the, the crowd in places is very different because their sport yeah. is so... They're, they're much more into... watch it, like. Do you no, know what I mean? No, no. Because... It's just, it's, you know, it's two minutes and a break and two minutes yeah. and a break. And no, it's right. Know what I mean? and, yeah. So and they're, they're in, not, in American <laughs> sports, so you've got to be hitting somebody, you know what I mean, for <laughs> them to, to be enjoying like, it. You know? So does that be weird, Mick? Like, you know I mean? you'd be so used to the noise in like the Alley Pally or, you know, places like that. And then from going from that to... Yeah. It was. Like, like, oh shit, like what's... It certainly was. And yeah, yeah. In, in, in the sense of that, um, you know... If somebody then did make a noise, you heard it. You like you <laughs> strange. You, you, you don't hear two thousand people roaring and shouting and singing. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. it's it's when it's quiet and there's one person. Yeah, then all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a Is problem. Is the concentration better when it's quiet or when it's noisy? For me, much better. And I, I would say, with most players, when it's noisy, um, yeah. it was something you were more used to. It's a strange sort of um, setup now because nowadays all the, the tournaments on the circuit which called the floor tournaments that goes on every week. They're all played pretty much behind closed doors. There's only yeah. the players and we'll say our managers, whatever. And you're not allowed, you know, say anything. It, it's completely, it is, it is like, like the yeah. That's, that's yeah. what yeah. I should yeah. say. That's, a, that's something that still gets me you now. That you be in the milestone having points. And that. Best of order now. And you'd be like, Hold on, it's like he's playing in front of thousands of people. He doesn't need me to be quiet over no, in the corner. It's something, <laughs> and, and, and I think, and I would say it myself, it was in the milestone, you know, and, and went to play a league game or something, and was calling. I'd say the same to myself, and I'd say if you asked anybody, what do you mean by that? So they go, I don't know. It's a bit stupid thing to say, isn't it? Really, we're in a pub, you know. It's just something that's always been said. And it's always the same lads as well. Yeah. Same, same with Pilgrim. Best of all, ask me bollocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, what else have we got? I said, I'm looking at a quick, quick fire oh, question. Actually, yeah, do you know what? I'll, I'll, do the, I'll do the quick fire. Oh. Like I was saying to you, I said, My sister's mad for the darts. Yeah. She's been waiting for this. She, <laughs> I'd say she's nearly excited about, nearly as excited about this interview as Marta Brannigan. So shout out, shout out to the Marta. The Marta. Marta has been dying for this right, as well. Right. So I don't even know just the fuck I listen to I asked, I asked me a question for me today and he gave me about a 20 minute spiel. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't ask questions. Yeah, yeah. didn't ask questions. Yeah. That sounds like Marta already. Right. <laughs> right. Marta. We've gone, we go. Quick fire questions, mate. Right. <laughs> uh, who's the sweatiest player you've ever come up against? Oh, the sweatiest player. <laughs> My God. Did you know when you see lads and maybe yeah, under the lights, um, bacon? Genie. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, probably 80. 80, 80, 80 sweats, Lewis. 80 Lewis. 80 <laughs> sweats quite a lot. Uh, right. Good lad, but the sweats quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right, question two, right. First, it's a two-parter. Have you, have you met Ted Hankey? I have. Yeah, have. Is he as angry as he seems in person? Nah, he's not. He's not. He's a bit odd. <laughs> he's a bit odd. Um, question three. Who, ha- who do you think has the best walk-on song and one that you wish you could have had yourself? 
I suppose that well, not is who who's the best walk on song has, has got to be Phil Taylor. You know, um, <laughs> I've got the power, and he and he obviously had so you know, yeah, no, that, absolutely yeah. cannot argue with that. Yeah, um, I suppose whose songs uh, what I say is is a is classic. Probably MVGs. Yeah. Um, you know the the, the start of it. Uh, yeah. is, is, you know, she's brilliant. You know, so that's it. Was a kind of iconic. Like, it is. Yeah. Song, yeah. yeah. That um, big thump at the back yeah. of it. You know. Right, uh, which did you prefer watching? Right, as in just watching yourself mm-hmm. now. PDC World Championships or the BDO, the oh, old PDC. school lakeside. Oh, the old school. The old school. Uh, the, in, in the, the lakeside in the old days when, oh, the, the, when old the Bristol days, and all yeah, those yeah. guys was there. Smoking and everything. Oh, without a doubt, the lakeside yeah. in the old days. 100%. <laughs> right, and then question five. Did you ever apply to go on bullseye? No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's a good question, actually. Actually, at the time, uh, now that you say it, um, you weren't from the Republic of Ireland, you weren't allowed to apply. You couldn't apply. No, you could only apply from the north of Ireland. You're northern Ireland. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, this is British. Bastards. Thing. Bastards. There you go. That sounds about right. That's yeah. a partition for you there. There you go. Um, but yeah, Mick, look, um, I've had a great laugh. Thanks very much. For no problem. Yeah, Mick, it's been an honour. I enjoyed it. Um, and lads, thanks very much for listening Thanks for giving us the questions and all that sort of carry on. Sorry about the Aslan thing, Mick. The Aslan, yeah. Blame Wikipedia. Blame Wikipedia. Because I read it, and they wouldn't mind. The only reason I knew would have been a great wrong, question. The only thing I knew, the only reason I knew that was wrong was because it was after looking at a few things. I was like, <laughs> "Look, tell me." I was like, "I didn't know you were going to ask that." I know. What did you mean? You were committed at that stage. Yes, pause. But um, yeah, Mick. Look, thanks very much. Really it's appreciate pleasure. it. And lads, talk to you next week. Talk to you next week, lads and ladies.